Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Rundown, the Fab Four back together. We are joined once again live in studio with Father Dave Nix. And uh, man, this is so cool that you're here, Father. Last one for a while. So this is the last one for a while. Last one for a while. Yeah, so we wanted to squeeze it in. Um, we're waiting on Ryan, but while we wait on Ryan, we should take a closer look at the German liturgy. I think these people have gone off the rails. Sehr herzlich heiße ich Sie willkommen am heutigen Aschermittwoch zur Feier der Heiligen.
und bewahre uns vor Verwirrung und Sünde, damit wir voll Zuversicht das We're still waiting for Ryan. He'll be here soon. Don't you worry, RTF people. Uh, it looks as though Steve, though Steve, you are you're ready. You're ready for the next lockdown. <laughs> I'm back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I told you you missed me. I think the I think the I think the lockdown is actually out, coming. Not the bird play. We got the mask back out. You're ready to ready roll. To there roll. we go. Steve Cunningham. I, I, I don't this have any tea right now. The stuff on. So, you know, I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you. so. I told you so. No, I, this is this is. Th- th- I was going to title this show. We normally don't put titles on the thumbnails, Father Nick's, but um, but I was going to title the show. We told you so mm. because um, because we did. The world's headed back into another lockdown as we sit here. And, uh, I, I mean, jurisdictions that you wouldn't even think, like St. Louis, Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri, are falling to the mask mandate. Yeah, I mean, anybody who's read a book on communism knows that we're in this for a decade without divine intervention. This isn't, uh, this isn't going to be over in a year. It's not. Um, it's not. And actually, we should talk about, uh, while we're waiting for Ryan, and he's going to be bummed that he missed this part, we should talk about the person that set all this into motion. About the vaccine, I came up with the vaccine. They said it would take three to five years, going to save the world. I recommend you take it, but I also believe in your freedoms 100%. But just so you understand, but it was a great achievement. Men are being allowed to compete in women's sports. How do you like that? Think of that. How fair is it? Did you see the weightlifter? I hate to tell you this, women, but he shattered your long-standing record. This guy gets up, boom, boom. Like a nine-year record. Sonny, a nine-year record, boom. Did he do it with one hand, you know? It's so unfair. 
I think I think Steve was before me on the whole on the Trump thing. I think I got to give you props, Steve and Ryan for sure. Ryan and Steve, I think, converted me, and I feel firm in my decision that Trump is at least some part of this this whole agenda. Yeah, I push back against this a lot. Steve and I discussed this last year, and I disagreed. I was a huge Trump supporter last year, and my main reason for loving Trump was wasn't because I actually loved him. It's just, as I said on someone else's podcast, maybe it was yours or mine or somewhere, I said, you know, it was just the hatred of him that was not equal. In other words, like the people who hated Christ mm. also hated Trump. I'm not comparing mm. Christ to Trump. But that was why my conviction why he was such a good man. I was willing to overlook Operation Warp Speed, mm. uh, and Steve and I would debate back and forth on this, because um, we have to admit, like, we're not ready for him. I mean, there's not going to be a monarchy come out of anywhere yeah. anytime soon in the United States. Yeah. But then fast forward to this last month. I mean, just last week, I stopped following uh, Kayleen McKennedy on Twitter when she started not just, you know, allowing the vaccine, but she's pushing the vaccine. And then driving over here, I was listening to Fox News, Mm -hmm. and they're pushing the vaccine, um, trying to make it sound like they're the tough guys. Because if you take the vaccine, you can stop taking, you can stop wearing the masks. Right. And that's not even true anymore. I mean, even even this, even uh, the 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 mainstream people, the CDC, they're now saying that people who have taken the experimental gene therapy, Steve Cunningham, they should be wearing the mask to protect. The unexperimented on people, because the experimented on people are now super spreaders of the virus against which they are supposedly inoculated. Can can you can you explain this? Uh, what was the word that they used? Uh, transmitting, also known as <coughs> shutting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the the. Uh... The PDF from Johns Hopkins University talks about self-spreading vaccines, page 16. I was told that was a PSYOP. I was told that was nut jobbery. I thought I was taught that was just wacko cuckoo stuff, kind of like how Dubai, they're shooting off lasers in the sky to make it rain. I thought that was quack job, too. Get that's happening. Uh, you got de Blasio saying, all right, well, it's time. We, we tried the voluntary stuff. Now it's time for the ma- to make the mandates. You had your choices of yes. Or I'll do it later. The choice no was never to be presented to you. Was never there was never a choice. It was now mm-hmm. or later, and you're gonna get it, or you're not gonna be able to go to a grocery store, go eat, go out, go to a cinema, go to church. Slovakia has already that there. You have to have it to go to a church, go to a mass. Uh, I saw there was a uh, there's been three countries that I, I saw and I can't remember the other two. Slovakia I had somebody that's a fan of the channel email me with the link. It's in Clown Planet. They mandate that you have to have it to get in. Someone else sent me a photo of the uh, of the mass ca- uh, schedule: vaccinated, not vaccinated, 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 not vaccinated. You're getting. You're gonna get this to get into a parish. They're saying it anywhere a group gathers. You'll have to have it. I thought this was going to be in October. Uh, this is coming in as don't want to use the term warp speed. This is coming so fast. I can't believe they're pushing it yeah. like this. Maybe that's what they. It's, maybe that's what they meant by warp speed. The warp speed, speed agenda twenty thirty. The the warp speed implementation of the new world order. The the warp speed communist bloodless rev- revolution. There was that book. Uh, they mm. thought they were free. We think they were free. 
uh, it came in. It came into the the Germans very slowly. The church was. It even mentioned in there how the churches were kind of like laid back. We didn't want to cause any waves because they were getting government money to uh, kind of be like, hey, we're getting along to get along. Kind of like you heard what happened last year. You and I, Mike, talked about that. 11,000 churches. No, 12,000, according to CBS, mm-hmm. got PPP. Diocese got millions of dollars. You don't see anybody yelling, standing up for any kind of truth right now. Nobody's saying anything unless it's about abortion. They cut, They go after the abortion part of it. But again, nobody cares. Let's be honest. Outside of Father Nix and a, and a couple of his friends that go out to the clinics and get arrested, ain't yep. nobody care about baby killing. So if we got to hit him on deaths. 12,000 have died now, according to Bears. I'm waiting. Bishop Tobin, he's a solid guy, apparently, from what I hear in Rhode Island. He's, he put a tweet out, please get vaccinated. Why? Do, do you, what do you watch? What do you read? What do any of you clerics, and I'm trying to be as, com- as careful yeah. as I can be, what do you look at during no, the I day? Mean, well, that's a good How point. How do you make these decisions and still say that after all a, this you see? priest on Twitter, and he has a fairly large following. He's a diocesan priest down in uh, Mobile, Alabama, and he's known as the Kitar priest because he plays the Kitar, and that's his handle, also his image, also what he talks about. And he put out a long tweet the other day, and it said, I'm tired of talking about this. I'm not debating it. I'm not reading the links you're sending me. I'm not going to do this anymore. Take the jab. I mean, it's like literally, I mean, I mean, if I, it, how do you close your mind to new information? Yeah, I mean, I think I have an answer, Steve, to your question. I mean, I think a lot of youth ministers might say to their priest or their bishop, hey, you, you should get on Twitter, you should be on Facebook, and they might do that for, uh, you know, 30 minutes a week, but I honestly think most of the clerics in this country are falling asleep to MSNBC and CNN. Mm-hmm. And if this is, you know, if this is truly communist brainwashing, Thomas Aquinas teaches that the will follows the intellect. So you can have a, a good will to your people, but if you're being brainwashed by CNN and MSNBC at night, you're going to make your people do the same thing that the communist overlords who are brainwashing you want you to say. It's just yeah. that simple that the intellect, uh, the, rather the will follows the intellect. Wow. I uh, want to bring Ryan into the conversation. Ryan, we were just, I, I was gloating a little bit. With uh, Father Dave Nix here being in the in the provisional RTF studio, I was gloating about the fact that we've been right about the 45th president of the United States for a long time, and I feel like there's a conversion happening. I here. repent. <laughs> I feel like I played that video right before you joined Ryan of, of uh, Trump uh, get at, the, at CPAC giving a speech saying, you got to take the jab, everyone take the jab. I respect your freedoms, but I really think you should take the jab. Uh, and he's taking credit for it. He wants it to be called the Trump Vax. I mean, he's mm-hmm. taking credit for it. How right? do you separate the man who started Warp Speed, Ryan Grant, and funded it with uh, now the, the mandatory stuff that we're seeing? You can't. <clears throat> it wouldn't be there without Trump. That's the first thing. And it's one of the things that the Q-tards, as we like to call them, um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 which includes a lot of good people, mind you, a lot of fine folks, if you go that then that line, but um, are unfortunately deceived by the whole thing. And the fact is that Trump was it, part and parcel. Without Trump, there is no MAGAVAX right now for everyone to take. The jab would not be what it is now. It is there. And he's still out there telling people to take it. 
because that and that and that's the the line of the elite is that absolutely they want you to roll up your sleeve and take it that is exactly what they want you to do and, and you know whether trump is reading his cues that is his cards or he's just um you know an idiot or he's he's part of the evil matrix of the whole thing doesn't really matter at the end of the day he's part and parcel of pushing that thing and if it were not for him it wouldn't be there and so all the people that are saying, oh, yeah, we just, just needed Trump. If only Trump won, I would guarantee you we would be seeing the same types of things we are seeing now. We are seeing, you know, even a Trump second term would still have uh, Fauci uh, in there in the, in the NIH. We would still have all the same people telling us to do the very same things that they're saying right now. Um, with all the insanity of, oh, yeah, wear a mask uh, because your vaccine works so well. You've got to wear your mask. Uh, that makes absolutely no sense. But, hey, why not? We don't care anymore. And then even Pisaki just up there, Biden's press secretary lying. Trump's press secretary spun uh, all his press secretaries spun a little bit. Obama's secretaries did a mix of spinning and lying, but they were more eloquent about it all. Biden's official Ministry of Truth people, when they get in front of the media, they just lie right to your face. Oh, yeah, it's all the unvaxxed, all the unjabbed people that are calling this. Wait a minute. Even according to the CDC, 85% of everyone with the Delta scariant, um ha- ha- was jabbed. Oh, yeah, but the, don't don't look at that. We're not going to give you our evidence, our data on the on, on the jab that we're getting the virus. Um you know, none of it makes sense, but it's all made possible by Trump because he is only one more cog in the machine that is grinding down any freedom or liberty we have in this country. And so he sounded great on a number of things. It was his first press conference. I still remember because I did I did not vote in 2016. And then I saw his his press conference where, you know, he's just you know, handing it to CNN. Oh, oh you're mm-hmm. fake news and going on. It's like, wow, that is hilarious. I loved it. But the fact is that he was not, you know, the, the savior. He was not the guy chosen by God in the final battle with the devil or anything else that we might have heard from certain people or certain prelates. He was the guy that had his job to get conservatives to accept martial law, to accept the jab, to accept all these yeah, things. And not, and not so even, let's stop looking at and let's not even including some of the other things he did, uh, Brother Martin, where the, the protectionism. Uh, you know, uh, sort of closing off from the world, still having endless wars in the Middle East, um, putting disordered people into the cabinet, the first president to do that, supporting, you know, funding uh, Planned Parenthood, more more dollars to PP than ever before, than any other administration in history, supporting the uh, alphabet people and their agenda, even within the military. I mean, as it goes on and on, it's like a, a litany of broken promises and never built the wall. Um, Brother Martin, faith in American politics going forward? I think his strategy was certainly to come out strong because one of the things that he did promise in his campaign was the defeat of ISIS. That got taken care of somewhat quickly. Um, but you're right, everything else that that followed was, was long and lugubrious, and he kept trying to sell it to us as if he was being successful. But at the end of the day, here we are, and everything is just can just be undone. Uh, my faith has always – it's never been in politics, um, which is in some in some sense it's disheartening, but we always have to have hope because – I mean, 100 years ago, uh, it was the 1920s, I mean, you had the Cristero War in Mexico, you had the Civil War in Spain, where communists were literally going to, to monasteries and convents, dragging the monks and the priests out of them, you know, by, the, by their collars and shooting them in the back of the head in the streets. 
so compared to those times, um, we live kind of luxuriously. But I think I think communism, Marxism, the devil, has taken a, a different strategy, because I think he was too quick to threaten the life of his enemies, Christians, um, and many of them didn't apostatize. But I'm sure now he, he doesn't really want to kill us, but he wants to get us to apostatize. And what's an easy way to get us to apostatize? Except the death jab, especially have, have the prelates take photos of themselves in line or, or getting uh, the injection themselves and post and say, hey, everybody take this. They don't pronounce with their own lips, you know, I deny Jesus Christ or whatever, but by their very actions, by their yeah. very life, they do. I w- uh, and so it's a, it's a very sneaky way to have gotten a huge amount of people to apostatize without even really realizing that they've apostatized. I wish I had that video, um, Father Dave Nix, of the pro-life czar. I don't have it teed up, but um, Archbishop Nauman, Kansas City, Kansas, he made news, uh, you know, kind of being like the first non-red hat to take that position. He beat out Supich. And um, he's like supposed to be the, the last man standing for the unborn and here he's he's one of the ones that Brother Martin is referring to who takes a video of himself taking the jab. He even stands there and he, he's kind of goofy and flamboyant and I would certainly say effeminate and very lispy. So take that for what it's worth. But he says, I've already had COVID, but, you know, I, I took the jab anyway, you know, for it's like, you know, I, I look at this. I look at the lack of fortitude amongst the clerical class and there are very few of you out there. Well, brother said something fascinating there. He said he basically said apostasy is tantamount to taking the jab, and I'd I'd really like to get back to that. But just a little pushback on you guys on Trump. I'm not going to fully throw him under the bus yet because I want to make this point. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened in in you know the election last year, that really does look like a communist coup. I really don't think that was a valid election. If you look <clears throat> at what happened, you got to admit Satan did something really really evil on our country. Um, to in a new way at that fake election last year. Now, you could say, well, every election in the United States has been fake for the last hundred years. Um, but, but I think, yes. you know... Yep. <laughs> Ryan's, like, waiting to jump yeah. in. Well, <laughs> but, I mean, I guess my, my challenge is pretty weak to you guys. you got to admit it would be worse under... Or it would be better under Trump than it is under Biden, uh, especially since um, we, we don't really stand... And look, you got to remember, we're in a Protestant democratic. We have no chance at a democracy. God's only going to give us, at our very best behavior, the least bad candidate we can hope for. Mm-hmm. And at killing uh, 1.5 million babies a year to surgical, who knows how many chemical, mm-hmm. that's not our best behavior. We certainly don't deserve the least bad. We deserve the most bad. So, yeah. you know, but... That, and I that reminds me of something Steve always says, you know, we get the, we get the leaders we deserve. And, yeah. you know, at... <laughs> So many irregularities in the 2020 election. Um, we could probably off-camera debate the irregularities of the 2013 conclave versus the 2020 election. But um, but getting back to... Uh, Politicians mm-hmm. should mm-hmm. change mm-hmm. just like baby diapers Steve, for the same Steve, reason. Yeah. A little bit of a can of worms um, <laughs> You also were early. This is the I Told You So show. And Ryan was early. You were early. Brother was early. So. I was the holdout in the Fab Four here. I was kind of. I voted for Trump in 2016. I even voted for him in 2020, even though um, later on I made a video about how democracy is lame and voting is a, is a sacrament in a lame, fake pseudo religion. Um, Steve, talk to us again about 
think local, act local, when and where it matters, the proper size of democracy, and um, and and give us some kind of hope, man. <laughs> well, you, you're Catholic. You have to have the virtual hope. Politicians, no. Do I have hope that the people of the United States of America, these United States, not the United States, it's not a country, it's a union. If you start thinking we're a country, call us Russia Jr., ruled by the 10-mile square in D.C. We are 50 individual countries, a.k.a. states. Notice if you go to Europe, they say state, European Union, Union of States. We're not one country that those idiots after Lincoln decided to say, one nation under God. Oh, yeah, we can JKFC, Knights of Columbus, put under God in. We're not one nation. We are many nations. You're not e- <laughs> that whole E pluribus unum thing. Come on. Uh, if, if we're one gigantic landmass, we're uh, 320 million people. That's impossible to rule, to rule on a little 10 mile square in the little corner of the United States. And then get rid of all your state governments, get rid of all your guard, get rid of the state borders, get rid of all that. And just call, like I said, calls Russia, dial your heads to Mordor to Potomac and say you're our Obamas and hell Bidens or Trump's, whatever you want to throw in with the religion of the United States is politics. Now, if you want to get to anything that can help save anything, you got to do local thing, local, forget DC. You got to worry about your local and state, your school districts. Etc. There's people going, hey, we're running for fed, uh, running for uh, federal house. Okay, that doesn't that means nothing. You're going to get on TV, on Fox and CNN, CNN, and you'll get nothing accomplished except be a yeah. Maybe you get more money, but if you go local, you run in your state house. You can be like in Louisiana, get St. Joseph on your on a on a feast day in your state. You can leave the union and divorce yourself from ever hearing the word name Pelosi ever again, unless you're in California. And then maybe you have to break up California into four states. You don't have to be beholden to the. How come everyone's okay with no fault divorce except for the union? The, is it the Olympics? What is it? I notice that people are not doing well in the Olympics because they got jabbed. Could that be it? The military games? Anyway, they're not to digress. <laughs> Why do we have to be in this? Is it the flag? Do you have to have all 50 states? Do you have to have more? Can you not, when you go in, can you not leave? What do you celebrate Independence Day for? You broke away from England. Now we got to say we got Independence Day. We have to go to D.C. Why? Because of federal money? Stolen money? Now, the way to get into it is getting people off their rear, stop tweeting all the time, and get into get in the game. The time for armchair quarterbacking is should have been gone a long time ago. You don't get involved now. You got to look at your kids and say, I didn't do a daggum thing. I sat there and griped on Twitter. I didn't run for office. I didn't run for this. I just said, look, at the end said, I'm good. I'm just going to sit back and drink my Mai Tai. Yeah. I got a, I got a comment in the uh, live chat, and we always love doing this live so we can get the live comments. And somebody was asking, Brother Martin, I'll give you the first crack at this, and then uh, probably uh, back to Father Dave. Have you noticed that people are more insane these days? And I think the person who commented this is also a, 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 a mutual uh, person on Twitter that I follow. And she posted a link uh, earlier today to the story of this woman whose son took, the, took both doses of the, uh, of the death jab, 13 years old, died three days later, had an enlarged heart, 
had no other, was on no meds, no prior medical history, no problems, Mm -hmm. just suddenly dead. And yet the woman who posted this is like the aunt or the sister or something says, I got my 14 year old brother Martin and he took both. And even knowing that my nephew is dead, I would still give both jabs. Like, and so that the question is, that's insanity. I mean, that's literal insanity. Why have you noticed that people are more insane now than they've ever been? Am I the only one who thinks that? Is she the only one who thinks that? Do you think that? And if so, why are people so crazy right now? Because of a, a simple error in the premise, in, in their premise of their ideologies that God does not exist. Um, because really, if, for instance, if, if this were true, if they were right, that the jab is life-saving, etc., they wouldn't be so crazy as to, as to going so far as to take it and making sure everybody takes it. The problem is, is it's not. And so their error is at the very beginning. Because, I mean, as human beings, we, I mean, especially as guys, we all need something to, to die for. Uh, when we find Christ, we realize that's him. Um, it's kind of just a normal human behavior, I think, at that point. But it, it is that they're, they're so fixated on the media. If the TV says it, then it's true. I mean, we make fun of people because we say, oh, I read it on the Internet. Therefore, it must be true. But, I mean, technically, now you're even getting, getting TV from the Internet. You're getting Fox News on the Internet. You're getting CNN on the Internet. I mean, CNN literally made a tweet today saying the vaccine does not work, which is why we need to wear masks until everybody gets vaccinated. It's like, hold on, the logic here. The vaccine doesn't work. Therefore, everybody needs to get vaccinated. That's Some people I, logically— it, it, I mean, that's, that's what Father Ripperger talks about, Father Dix. He talks about how— the, what the communists excel at doing is breaking down the link between your senses and your cognitive power, your cogitative power. So last year they would tell you that they would stand in front of a burning building and they would say that these protests are mostly peaceful. This year what they're telling us is you have to take this vaccine because it doesn't work and we're going to lock you down unless you take it. And it's, it's literally, I, I think it's, it's breaking people. I think it's causing people to go nuts. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Father Ripperger's uh, videos, and in fact, he has an entire channel, not just a single video. As most of you know, Father Ripperger has an entire channel based on comparing the psychology of Marxists to the psychology of demons, because he's an exorcist. And one of the most fascinating things that he said that that really I had to pause, and I've been thinking about this for maybe uh, six months since I heard him say this, was demons, while being exorcised, often make themselves to be the victim. They think they're the victim, yeah. you know, and this is one of the, the things that we see from the left constantly is the very thing they do, mm-hmm. not a different topic. They don't even have the boldness or, or intelligence to find a different topic. The very thing they do, they accuse the other of and make themselves the victim, you know, yeah. and uh, switch of topic, but I'll bring it back there. We, I brought about 20 CSU students to uh, Rwanda um, about six or seven years ago. We happened to go there right at the 20-year anniversary of the uh, genocide when a million people were hacked to death with mm-hmm. machetes mm-hmm. and uh, all my students when they lived with families and when the family when they came back and described like what the families had seen i realized half this country was possessed you read the french revolution this wasn't a mistake on politics mm-hmm. this was a situation where half of the country was possessed so would arguments about like why you shouldn't disembowel the princess of France work with them? No, that just doesn't work. So the anger and the rage that I see against those who will not take the jab, 
Let me tell you a tweet I saw yesterday. This was in reply to some other guy's tweet about um, why anger against people who don't have the jab. And she says, it's effing with my mind, exclamation mark. My empathy for them is completely gone, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. That made me realize we are approaching a situation of rage. This isn't medicine anymore. Yeah. This is morality um, that has uh, devolved into materialist dialectic, which has now devolved into a completely mindless rage. And when mm-hmm. I read that tweet yesterday again, it's effing with my mind, my empathy for them, people mm-hmm. who won't take the jab is completely gone. This is French Revolution stuff. It is, and it's and it's similar to I think World War Two. It's it's really similar to any genocide where you dehumanize the other person, where you where you start to because we we have a natural aversion to violence against our own species. Most species mm. uh, have that, and we as human beings have an aversion to killing other human beings. Um, Grossman talks about in his book on killing about how you train people to kill other people. And the first thing you have to do um, is you have to dehumanize the other person, which is why you always t- t- say that the enemy is, is you, you, you deperson them, you call them a, a name. Oh, um, and you saw this, you've, you've seen this throughout history, and I think the left excels at doing this, and they're doing it to us again. Um, Ryan Grant, I want to. I know that you. I know you want to jump in here. People are crazier now than they've ever been. Um, let me play this Biden video, and then I want you to react to it. This is this is Joe Biden saying, "If you're unvaccinated, you don't have to die." Last month, a study showed that over 99% of COVID-19 deaths have been among the unvaccinated. 99%. This is American tragedy. People are dying and will die who don't have to die. If you're out there unvaccinated, you don't have to die. Read the news. You'll see stories about unvaccinated patients in hospitals. As they're lying in bed, dying from COVID-19, they're asking, Doc, can I get the vaccine? The doctors have to say, sorry, it's too late. Okay, Ryan Grant, you don't have to die. You don't have to die just because you're unvaccinated. Yeah, I'm not vaccinated, so therefore I don't have to die because those who are, unfortunately, God forbid, probably are. I mean, all the things we've seen, I have relatives that in my extended family that I don't know particularly well, but it's still a sorrow that they've, they've gotten the jab. And they're suffering blood clots. They're suffering enlarged heart. They're suffering issues. I have two extended relatives that have already died from the jab, and one other one has Bell's palsy. So on my uh, my mother's side, back in uh, New England and whatnot. So you know this is a serious thing, and I don't take it lightly. And it's one of the, it's problematic at every level because on the one hand, the elites want death. They want people to die. That's why they're pushing so hard to get this thing in your arm. They absolutely want you to take the jab. And if you don't, how dare you? You're already seeing de Blasio in New York. You're seeing um, uh, Cuomo, uh, governor of the whole state. You've seen Newsom. You've seen people over in Australia, Europe, whatever. Oh, you're the most evil person that has ever lived in the world if you won't roll up your sleeve and take the jab. Which 
is because they desperately want to get that thing in you because most people will die as a result. And it's a, it's a horrific thing. It's nothing to celebrate. It's just like the story you gave earlier about, um, and I saw that as well on Twitter, the woman who, um, you know, her son got it and died. But she's still like, well, we had to do this because it was right. And it's sad that he died. But no, no, no I'm sorry. You've got to break out of this kind of nonsense. This thing is not safe. It is killing people right now. It is hurting people right now. And they know this and they don't care. The guy who invented the very uh, the whole concept of messenger RNA was just just a couple months ago saying you don't need a second one if you've had the first one because as soon as you get the second one you're wiping away any any immunity you're destroying the natural immune system you're you're absolutely he was kind of you know ticked off that they're there he's like it's just a profit move to have him get a second and third and fourth one and who knows what his knowledge of the whole thing actually is I, I don't know but. Ultimately, this is really the issue is that um, you see all these people that, that are dying or you know, getting sick from this thing. And the media tries to play it off. Oh, no, that, that that's perfectly that proves it's working. It's OK, even though. And again, Delta Scariant, it's almost all a pandemic of the jabbed purely. So Biden can, you know, the other problem with Biden is he didn't even know where he is half the time. Yeah, uh, right. and he gets out and he starts saying things. I mean, you could find these various speeches where he's talking, and then he has no clue where he's at or what he's saying. So, yeah, uh, I'm not going to get the jab, and I'm going to live. And at some point in my life, I'm going to die, and that's perfectly fine because that's what happens in this world uh, post Adam and Eve. So I'm not particularly worried about the the unspecified virus of unspecified origin um, at all. Or the flu, or cold, or tuberculosis, or, I mean, fill in the blank with all the things that kill you. Or getting in my car, which has a higher chance of killing me than COVID or anything else. I, Speaking of I that, think you can I say... Out of South, South Carolina, 598 people have died in the car this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, Ryan, I think I, you I can say the, word, the yep. word lab leak on YouTube now. Right. <laughs> that's right. We're allowed You're to allowed say to that. You're allowed to say that. That's permissible speech. <laughs> Well, what's interesting when you get down to the stuff that nobody wants to talk about is that there's an interesting um, similarity in the gain-of-function research that went on with COVID as a little bit that's been teased out and released uh, with the, the kind of, as far as I'm concerned, the otherwise non-important debates between Rand Paul and Fauci and Congress. Um, and the reality that the the proteins and the um, the, the, the way of functioning of COVID is very similar to HIV. Mm-hmm. And now look again at Fauci and look again at the National Institutes of Health and where did Fauci make his mark back in the 80s during the AIDS crisis, That's the right. HIV crisis. I remember that. I was a youngin at the time. I remember all that unfolding. And a lot of stuff that nobody wants to talk about now, nobody even knows about now. People, you know, protesting with science, Fauci, you're killing us, right? All, all these things that nobody remembers. And, and at the time, medical professionals were calling Fauci a hack. They are calling him a, a guy who has no clue what he's talking about, no clue what he's doing. We don't understand why he's at the top of the, the National Institutes of Health and making all kinds of wild and ridiculous claims all the time. And but that that was where Fauci made his mark was during the AIDS crisis mm-hmm. back in the 80s. Well, and when you look at the way in which the cells in 
uh, you know, the SARS-CoV-2 are supposed to function anyway, because no, nobody knows anything for certain really on that. Um, they function surprisingly, remarkably like HIV. Yeah, the uh, the aider of AIDS is in charge of uh, the, the global pandemic. Uh, we have so many stories we need to get to, and I don't want to belabor the point. I do want to bring Brother Martin back into the discussion, though, uh, because I want to I want to make an observation, actually, that my wife came up with. And this is the first time Mrs. RTF actually gets her her ideas out onto the YouTube. Um, but Brother Martin, I want you to react to this to this idea. Mrs. RTF comes to me one day and she says, you know, Mr. RTF, which is what she calls me. <laughs> she says, um, I think that the liberals are so afraid of death because when you are steeped in mortal sin, even though even though you are an agnostic or an atheist, deep inside of you, you know that you have something coming to you. And uh, she, and this is really the heart of maybe this is the psychological heart of naturalism of why they're so into science and scientism and why they think the vaccine is their sacrament and, and their whole their whole fake COVID religion is a fear of death. Whereas I think when you look at the Roman Catholic Church and you parse it out into all of its little constituencies, the trads aren't afraid of this virus because trads generally, there are exceptions, but trads are less afraid of death, Brother Martin. I think, she, I think she's dead on. Um, I think there's also two two things. One, the new atheism today, they're they're not very philosophical. They they don't actually think through their entire ideas. They've forgotten uh, to even argue that uh, about the fact that when you when you die, your soul is completely annihilated. So they forget the fact that you you don't exist to remember that your life was terrible, or or anything like that. But also, I think um, each each human being wants to be a good person, and we know that we have to live a virtuous life or at least try to be a good person in such a way. But actually living virtue is, is incredibly hard, so hard that we need God's grace to do it. But obviously they don't have God's grace. Um, and, they're, and so they replace uh, what is actually the virtuous life with a completely different set of, of ethics. And so they go around parading that they, they've taken the jab, all that kind of stuff, to show, uh, to show that they're virtuous, to show that they're trying to be good and that they merit uh, praise for, for their actions. But really, they've accepted um, some sort of counterfeit life of virtue, and so that's another thing I think that they've 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 wanted to do is replace the actual virtuous life with another set of another set of ethics to make themselves feel good, a moralistic therapeutic deism, if you want. Yeah, and that that other that other set of ethics, Father Dave Nix, joining us here for the second time in a row, is the COVID religion that we talked about. That's right, COVID religion. I want to share a text I got from a friend of mine that I put on my blog post called Ministry of Death Part 2. And this is the text uh, that I got from a friend. It lines up with what you're saying there, brother. Quote, I've been thinking, perhaps corona is just worship of death, like Santa Muerte. Society must appease the deity to keep it away, like the dragon in St. George legend. Feed it children, and it will stay at arm's length. So, you know, you think of like Moloch in the Old Testament, and the idea is if you keep feeding it and let Letting death consume your society, that's actually going to keep death away. Does it work? Of course not. And I think this is the cycle that we're seeing with coronavirus is deep inside. Everybody knows this isn't going to save anybody. Mm -hmm. But maybe the way to keep death away, if you're not going to cling to the precious blood of Jesus, 
is to just feed the cycle because you have nothing else to do. We've got to answer this question uh, in the back end of this video, Steve Cunningham. Why are we not seeing protests <laughs> in the United States like we are seeing in Europe? Check out, the, check out Europe. Elsewhere, thousands of protesters took to the streets of France on Saturday to demonstrate against and compulsory vaccination rule for healthcare workers. Some 160,000 people protested against a bill that will require everyone to have a special virus pass to enter restaurants and mandating COVID-19 vaccinations for workers in some selected professions. The pass attests that the holder has either been fully vaccinated, has tested negative over the previous 24 hours, or has recovered from COVID in the last six months. The new measure was announced last week by President Emmanuel Macron in a bid to boost vaccinations as the country battles a surge in coronavirus cases fueled by the highly contagious Delta variant. Alors, je n'ai pas envie que ma fille ait une injection qui fasse que ça puisse dérégler son cycle menstruel. Donc, je n'ai pas confiance dans un vaccin parce que je sais qu'il peut y avoir des conséquences fâcheuses. Nous sommes encore dans les essais cliniques. Donc, nous ne savons pas si à moyen ou à long terme, nous aurons des effets indésirables, que ce soit sur les adultes, d'ailleurs, ou les enfants, ou les adolescents. French anti-riot police fired tear gas at brief clashes erupted when a protesters reached the Champs-Élysées and the Gare Saint-Lazare railway station. Across France, protests were planned in cities including Marseille, Montpellier, Nantes and Toulouse. French lawmakers are due to vote this weekend on this COVID health pass bill. Meanwhile, in Italy, Thousands of demonstrators gathered in Rome and several other Italian cities to protest against government's requirement of a so-called Green Pass, an extension of the European Union's digital COVID certificates to enter many venues. Prime Minister Mario Draghi's government approved a decree on Thursday ordering the use of Green Passes starting from August the 6th. These passes will allow access to gyms, museums, movie theatres, and the inside of restaurants and other public venues. Sono qui per perché non voglio il green pass, perché voglio essere libera di scegliere quello che voglio e non voglio fare. Hundreds of anti-COVID protesters also staged demonstrations in London on Saturday against what they describe as an erosion of their civil liberties. Demonstrators say UK government's track and trace app is limiting their movements, with more than 600,000 told to self-isolate to prevent further COVID spread. The protests come a week after most coronavirus restrictions in England were lifted. Meanwhile, in Greece, police used tear gas and water cannon to disperse protesters in central Athens, demonstrating against COVID-19 vaccinations. Groups of protesters fired petrol bombs at riot police as they marched near the parliament. Saturday's demonstration was the third in 10 days, which has been prompted by a government decision to impose... All right, you guys get the idea. There are, there are, there are protests, massive numbers of people, tens of thousands of people around the world, hundreds of thousands rising up against the tyranny, saying, we don't want this. But in the United States, Steve Cunningham, we're just like lambs led to a slaughter. Man, man, man. <laughs> 
Obey. Uh, <laughs> NFL season starting up. Training camp started up this week. NCAA. That's in the news. You know, big uh, big conferences. People in these United States or America or what do would say? Uh, how would you say? Uh, soft. Um, Football is coming up. The Olympics are going on. Nobody cares. It's not hitting you right now. Yeah, sure. And where I'm at, the state of North Kakalaki, the uh, mm. mandate came down to jab up anybody that works at the hospitals. Nurses are quitting. People down the street, no one cares. Guess why? And I'm not going to the hospital. You're going to care when you got BLM nurses uh, at the hospital for you, waiting on you. But no one cares about that right now. It's not hitting them right now. All they get is maybe the kids having to be jabbed to go to school. Inconvenience. They're not they're not excited about that, but they're gonna do it. They're gonna put their kids, they're gonna make their kids muzzle up. They don't have to muzzle up, but they're gonna have their kids muzzle up because we're men. And we like the tenth plank of communism, that good old public school. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh this is not gonna hit anybody until one people start losing their homes, losing their jobs, can't get food, uh, maybe not be able to uh to access their uh Bank uh, bank accounts, you know, PayPal's kicked two people I know of off PayPal. They're they're going at they will go after your funds eventually. The Chinese social credit score system is here already. It's just not as bad as it is in China right now. It will be here. It's already in the that's the green the green card thing, green pass. That's not called green just for giggles. They they just like hey, let's throw a dart. Green. No, no, that's that's. The whole Green New Deal thing coming up. If you look at AOC's Twitter page, there's nothing but there. She's capitalizing on all this going on. The how the heat, all this. What is the Great Reset all about? Climate. They want climate shutdowns. Look at Mark Moreno, Moreno of uh, Climate Depot. He's all over this right now because it's now entering in his sphere. We're we're all focused on this going on. We're like, all right, here's what's going on over here. Boom, you're gonna hit. With the climate crisis, these next this next decade, that's all you're going to hear. You're going to get shut down because of CO2 levels. You're going to get shut down because of, you have too much CO2 going on here. They've already talked about shutting off your AC. Remember the whole thing with Texas? This, this is all coming together in one beautiful, terrible, tyrannical, authoritarian night, night dream. I'm trying to use the right proper <laughs> – I don't want to use the dream words I want to say on family or, uh, TV here. Uh, buckle up, guys. This is going to get way beyond. What was it? Uh, uh, what was that movie with uh, Bruce Willis? Uh, Armageddon. When mm-hmm. Owen Wilson asks, "Wait, what conditions can we find?" and the guy says, "He goes, why don't you just say worst worst conditions imaginable? Imagine what you can think could go wrong here, and you're you probably haven't even scratched that surface because you can't even think." That you can't even think that bad. What is right now? You got the food crisis in England, manufactured by the government. You have all this stuff going on here, manufactured by the government. And no one, again, who's ta- who's speaking the truth? I got a guy that I saw at the end of the clown plan as a guy with dreadlocks in front of I think L.A. County, blasted him, bringing out truth bombs. Where? Are the priests? Where mm-hmm. are the bishops mm-hmm. to lead the world out of the darkness into light? Well, the church okay, is supposed to be that the, the bastion of truth. That's the key question. We have zero leaders right now doing this. It's 
ticking me off about this whole idea. We're basically left to the slaughter of our left our own to the slaughter right now. When you got the bishops, unfortunately, tweeting out, "Take the jab." So people are that bears again. Again, go back to what are you watching? What are you listening? For the love of God, there's in you're in England. They're they're taking away babies, uh, newborn, giving them a PCR <laughs> test right off the bat, and jabbing them. They're saying they don't. Uh, they're not property of the mother after they're born. That's the direct quote from a nurse to the mother. That's not your baby after born. Where's the pro-lifers? So I think you bring up a key point, Steve Cunningham, and I want to kick this over. I want to do the same thing. I want to go to brother and then father and then Ryan. And the question is, We've been abandoned. There's no, there's, no, there's no debate about that. In 2020, the abandonment happened on March 22nd, 2020, really, is mm-hmm. when the abandonment kicked in. But the abandonment continues, and it's, and, it's, and it's getting worse. Because now that your individual employer is going to come down on you and say, you must take this experimental, emergency-authorized gene therapy in order to continue your employment and provide for your family. Federal government now saying it. State governments now saying it. Military now saying it. I got an email today from my commanding officer saying that we have 48 hours to provide our jab status. Uh, So I know where that's going. Nobody can appeal to a religious exemption if they're a Roman Catholic. Because the Pope, the bishops, the cardinals... The pastors, the intellectuals, the intelligentsia, they have all capitulated. So you can't actually point to any anything, any living Catholic with a spine, really, besides a couple. Um, so, Brother Martin, for the layman who's providing for his family, who's being pressured to take this thing, and he can't even appeal to... His shepherds have abandoned him. He now has to stand on his own. This is this is what this is the whole reason why I started RTF, really, to be honest. Is that men have to stand by themselves. It's a lonely job. But being a provider for your family or being a priest, you have to stand on your own two feet. There is nobody else. There is no infrastructure to protect you. There is no uh, no hierarchy. And now men have to be the liturgists of their families. They have to be the historians. They have to be the moral theologians of their family because the church has abandoned us. Brother Martin, now we can't even appeal to them to save our jobs. I think one thing that makes it easy is recently former Cardinal McCarrick was uh, charged finally uh, for all of his criminal acts, you know, messing with little boys, whatever. And if there's any saving grace, I think, um, right now today, is to show that the the hierarchy aren't exactly capable of making such important moral decisions, precisely because they're more, they're all morally compromised. They hit over the truth of this, and none of, and none of them will admit it. They all back out from Cardinal Farrell saying, "Oh, I lived with him for six years. I had no idea." You know, so the people that you know went to seminary with him, appointed him, like for instance, the whole uh, grinder app thing. The pillar a couple of weeks ago released uh, data that shows that uh, a certain particular priest was using this app. But then they go and release another report about the Archdiocese of Newark. 
Now, what's important about the Archdiocese of Newark and, and the location being used in several directories? Well, McCarrick made a lot of them priests. So it's, 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 it's huge because it shows that one, one bad bishop can really, really poison the well, can really, really poison the well. Given the fact that so many are morally compromised, I mean, yeah, it's true. We can't, we can't take what they, what they say about morality extremely seriously, especially when you have accusations from the Roman seminary going up to the Pope himself and the Pope covering uh, accusations up. Can you trust anything that comes out of the CDF right now? The, the, and it's their own fault. It's not our fault, you know, as, as Catholics uh, to question these things. Some, some e-priests would probably say, oh, you're supposed to give an unqualified obedience and trust to the CDF. Listen, they're human beings as well. They're sinners. Uh, but right now they're, they're, they're teaching. They're very bad men. They're very bad men. Uh, so, so what do we do? In my own experience, when you, when you ask a lot of priests or even bishops questions about philosophy, for them, it's all over their head. I guarantee you that the majority of the U.S. bishops had, wouldn't, wouldn't be able to define what remote material cooperation and evil actually meant if you had asked them before the CDF document came out. If you had asked them what this means, where does it apply, they probably would have just pulled some, some random answer out of their back pocket or deferred to somebody in their chancery. That says, oh, I, I, that's why I hired this guy. He's supposed to tell me what to do. You know, um, so, so, so they always defer. And so whenever it comes to something so intellectual and that's what they're going to uh, base things off, yeah, I, I have a distrust for them as well. Um, so we study, we read the books, we read the saints, we read the doctors of the church and all of the principles that they give us. Uh, Pfizer recently stated that they went from having a profit of 200 or 20 something billion dollars before the uh, jabs were, were being handed out to over 33. And how do they get to, to increasing from 20 something billion to 33 billion? Well, you have these, these the pro-life czar, for instance, capitulating, saying, go ahead and take this, this death jab that uses a, a, a board of fetal cells in its production. It's an industry that, you, that uses this uh, for their industry, that buys uh, from the, industry, the abortion industry for, for its own product because it's cheaper prices, whatever else. Uh, and so now we've, we've, we've increased that industry precisely because of our unwillingness to stand up. The evidence is there for those who will see. As our Lord said, you know, those with eyes see, those with ears hear. And that's sometimes the, the, the last appeal that he has is, uh, like he said before, Pilate, those who uh, hear the truth will hear my voice. Yeah, Father Father Dave Nix, um, our hierarchy has abandoned us. There's no question about that. They shut the doors of the church. They took the $3.5 billion. They took the bailout. It was hush money. Um, that money was given by Trump, and he's on camera saying to Catholics, you know, remember who gave it to you. I gave it to you. So they shut the doors to us, and now the doors are still closed. They, they may have physically opened the doors to the vaccinated, of course, church apartheid. But, um, but morally, we can't appeal to these people, and what are the, what are the lay people supposed to do now? When, when they seek religious exemption— the Catholic religion, according to the leadership, doesn't exempt you from this. Yeah, I have a friend who recently applied for a uh, job at a police department and was refusing to take the jab, looked for a religious exemption, and the police department wrote back, this absolutely stunned me. I wish I'd known we were going to talk. Well, I didn't even know I was going to be on this an hour ago. But the letter that was written to this person applying to the police department seeking a religious exemption, the amount of theology and watertight legal jurisdiction that was in this, you wouldn't believe it. It mm -hmm. said, Pope Francis and your bishops 
encourage taking the, I'll say jab, even though it said the V word, Pope Francis and your bishops encouraged taking this, and it explained theologically, I couldn't believe this, a police department in the Wild West mm-hmm. explained theologically why they will not give the exemption precisely because of our hierarchy. I mean, can you imagine if someone had said in a hospital, I want my boy circumcised, and the hospital had a Catholic hospital quoted like a 14th century pope saying no circumcision. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And since when, right. since when did the secular hand of the world care to quote Catholics to Catholics? This has never yeah. happened in history. Yeah. You know? um, now, there, what's amazing about communism is there's always been a place to escape to. You know, if you were in Croatia... You could, uh, in the 80s, you could go to England. If you were in Russia in the 1930s, you might be able to maybe escape to the United States. There's no, this is what we Americans don't get on this health communism. Where there is nowhere to escape to at right. all. Right. And, you know, Brother said if he said just one bad bishop taints the whole well. I, I would flip that and say if we had had even one mildly courageous bishop the entire world over last year, just one. We could have beat this. And here's why. I know that sounds like an exaggerated statement, but here's why. Imagine if a single bishop, when they were trying to lock down the churches for a flu, and remember, this is what all your listeners have to remember constantly as we talk about this coronavirus. This has a 99.92% survival rate at least. So we're talking about a flu. If one bishop had said, when they tried to lock his churches a year ago, I'm not leaving, and you're going to have to come and arrest me at the altar, one of two things would happen. Just any bishop. Imagine Argentina, South Africa, Mongolia, Colorado. I mean, anywhere in the world, right? Mm-hmm. One of two things would happen. They'd either drag him off the altar in handcuffs, and you would win millions of Catholics, and it would have crushed coronavirus covidocracy. Or they would have left him alone, and every bishop of the world would have learned, we can call their bluff, and it would have ended. So I actually believe, I know this sounds like an exaggeration, I actually believe if Catholics had united behind one single Catholic bishop the world over, we could have crushed this health communism. Well, Steve Cunningham, we had that one bishop, remember? He just waited till he was retired to actually speak out against any, anything. And his name, of course, is Vigano. I did hear Antarctica is still open. I haven't heard any regulations down in Antarctica, but if you can stand the cold and have penguins in the backyard, you can't grow much. <laughs> It's actually, but, under the juris- it's actually under the jurisdiction of a, a southeastern diocese in Argentina. Antarctica? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. It, it had to be Argentina. Which, we just came out with all the train. And who has the moon? Somebody, has, somebody funny has the moon, right? I don't know about the moon. I yes, don't know Argentina. I think somebody has the moon. Antarctica. Gates has the moon, probably. It might be Houston because of NASA or something. I don't know. But, well, but right, right, all right. this being said about the problems with the Episcopacy and uh, no leadership, it doesn't give us an excuse to be sit on the sidelines complaining. Still got to get involved. Still got to get into local governments. You can end this as, as Father, and I agree with everything Father said about that. If we had a bishop, because you saw that with the uh, uh, what Vigano when he wrote about the reset, a lot of secular guys got behind him. It was promoting it, saying, hey, look, a Catholic bishop is calling out the reset. We could do that with any bishop right now. We'd do that. <clears throat> if you get involved, yes, I'm not saying, you know, voting voting your way out of this. But you got to get involved in your local and state. You can get out. Texas is talking about Texas right now. Imagine Texas leaving. That's the, But, but the Steve, I mean, let's be real. You have no that's not going to happen. Steve, Texas is not I, I, a I, thing. 
They talked about it when I, Obama. I didn't think that the world was going to shut down last year either. So that there's always a chance something could yeah, happen. As long as people are Ob- trying to do when it, Obama, get the right when Barack people Hussein in. Obama won in 2008. I was, it, I was, I lived in Texas during the Barack Hussein Obama years. And they're all, oh, we're going to we're gonna leave. We're, we can't take it. This man was born in Hawaii. He was born in the Philippines, wherever the hell he was born. Ryan Grant. I'm not saying Texas is going to do it. If you get involved and get in there and start moving the pieces that way, you could possibly do it. If you do it and just be like those guys you were talking to, hey, we're going to do it. Yeah, that's not going to do jack squat. But you got to get involved. You just can't sit there and let your state close down or your county close down. You sit there with your thumb up, you know what, and just complain online. Well, that's true. You Ryan, I mean, get, Ryan Grant. You got to have some action behind I got to kick it to Ryan. Ryan, your, health, your county-level health commissioner, your county-level unelected bureaucrat has more power. Mm-hmm. They can tell you which grocery store, yes. you're, allowed, store you're allowed to, sh- to shop at. Right. Right. Like this is this is an unprecedented power grab never before seen in the history mm-hmm. of man, including in communist Russia. Um, and the question right. is, within, in, in, in lieu of a hierarchy, in lieu of any Catholics anywhere in collar standing up, what do we do? The first thing you do, I mean, we talked about it before, you get to know your neighbors. You take stock of what do I have? What can I offer? What can I do? And that is the foundation for pretty much any currency you could ever want, which is that, you know, because money is just a symbol of wealth. Wealth is the capital that we produce into a good that we want to enjoy, whatever that happens to be. I mean, so in in, um, people who are tuning in a few weeks ago when I was trying desperately to podcast from my own house and I had a, a goat. Uh, a kid goat that was stuck in the uh, pen because he kept getting out and I didn't know what to do with him. So he was like, you know, every time I try to say anything on the rundown that week, like a month ago, um, it's, uh, you know, that that's actually a little bit of wealth because what he read, but in, in, in himself, well, he's walking around eating, he's capital. But when I kill him and turn him into meat, now he's wealth. Because that's something that I can use for my own benefit that uh, I didn't have before. And so, and the same thing goes with anything else you do. And whatever you it is, because maybe you, you don't know how to raise livestock. You don't know how to grow a garden. I don't. My wife does. So my wife's doing a fantastic job with that, actually, by the way. Um, whereas I, I, I could, I have a black thumb. I couldn't do it. But, um, you know, whatever it happens to be. If you can produce something into wealth, now you have wealth. And now let's look at digital currency, because digital currency is where we're at, where we're on the cusp of right now, where they want to say, well, we're going to get rid of cash and whatever the stupid excuse is, you know, and then the COVID-1984 world order. Oh, cash is dirty. Cash, you know, spreads germs. We can't have cash. That's just bad for us. We don't want that. So now you've got to we want to all have to go cashless. But what does that actually mean? What cashless actually means is that you're going to go to whatever place, you're going to try to make a transaction, and it's going to go through the Bank of International Settlements in the Federal Reserve or wherever. And if they have on their their chart, oh, you're a white supremacist, or you're this, this bad person, or you've done whatever, and we don't like you for whatever reason, 
we can shut down that transaction and make it so it can't happen. Whether that's you're going to buy hay or you're going to get your money out of PayPal or you're going to you know, offer. And this has been a big challenge for me looking at where the future is going. It's that, uh, oh, well, I sell books and I run a publishing company and I make books that weren't there before and now they're here. And what happens the day when in order to get my credit card processing payments, I've got to upload my green pass, my COVID pass, my whatever you're, whatever it is you're going to call it. I've got to upload this or else I can't get my money. And that's where your neighbors come in. That's where the people who actually produce things come in because when it comes down, the government's just going to force it and they don't care what carnage they cause. Because I mean, if you really believe the government has your best interest at heart, well, I'm sorry, I've got a couple bridges to sell you somewhere you know, and in multiple different cities, <laughs> it, it, because I'm sorry, nobody in the government cares about you. They care about them. They care about what they're going to get out of whatever it is they're going to do and uh, what kind of, uh, you know, drugs and blow they're going to get out of everything. That's government. And in a, whether it's little kids or narcotics or alcohol, it doesn't matter. That's where they're at. They don't care about you. No, and no matter I, how well you know your politician, I, they don't care. I'm sorry. Even locally. I mean, I'm, I've been fighting the battles locally in my own, in a little no-name town in Idaho where it's like a local restaurant can't even stay open because they don't have lines in their parking right. lot. And everyone else's, of course, I, grandfathered in. No, I, but no, this restaurant can't stay open because they don't have lines in their parking lot. And it's like, well, hey, look, um, all the construction companies there because of construction and everything else, the heat uh, product displacement and, and the delays and COVID and whatnot. We're like six months out from being able to put lines in our stinking parking lot. Why do we need your permission to open just because people, you know, so people can park inside the lines. Can't people park wherever? And so th this is your battle. Do you know your local town commissioners? Have you shown up and given them uh, a good uh, a good tongue lashing, which they deserve? I mean, Chester didn't say it best, I think. Is that, I mean, everyone who knows me knows. I'm an anarchist. I don't believe in government. I think we could do much better, at least in terms of the modern state where government is, without it at all. Um, but Chesterton has this line that I think is gold, where he says that the, uh, the the politician, you know, people are working. People are trying to make their incomes. They're trying to make their livings. They don't have time for all the nonsense that goes into politics. But the politician is waiting for it. He's waiting to take his chance to to be in this job and do all these things, even though he has no business being there. And so the only way to keep control on democracy is to have democracy be local, have the politics be local and more importantly, have the politician be local so that you can kick him or, as Chesterton continues, hang him from the tree. Oh, what a terrible crime it is to contemplate how few politicians have been hanged. And I think, I mean, in local government, most people are tuned into CNN and Fox News, which are the same thing, frankly, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and ABC and CNN and NBC, wherever. That's where they're tuned into. And that's not realistic. That That's not the world. That's not your local world. But that's where everyone's tuned into. Nobody's paying attention to the local politician who's the guy you should be prepared to hang from the tree, frankly, if you actually cared about your own freedom. So, I mean, you know, there's one of those issues there up here, like when the lockdowns happened in Idaho, North Idaho anyway, 
Uh, the sheriffs had lunch in the local restaurants, and people said, hey, can we come in? And the sheriff said, I don't care. And the owner said, yeah, sounds great. And so that's what happened. Uh, people came in because nothing was being enforced. And so the next time around, it's going to be up to you to stand up and say, uh, don't, I'm not obeying this. I'm not, I'm not bowing down to the authority of government because government doesn't have any authority when it's contradicting natural law and divine positive law or the church's rights. We need leaders. And it's just like, you know, Steve was saying, if there's any bishop that got up and said, my diocese is not closing. I mean, even Strickland in Tyler, Texas, as much fanfare as he've gotten, he closed down too. Now, granted, and all the things are happening, I, I don't blame anybody for saying, hey, you know, the, this thing might be serious. How terrible would it be if this thing was a real plague and I'm the one who, who, who caused all these people to die? I get that. But if you stood up and you said, no, we're not bowing the knee to the COVID-1984 world order. We're not going to do this in that. It goes back to the Milgram experiment, which was Milgram was a, uh, a psychiatrist. He wanted to understand why in World War II um, Jews helped the Nazis kill their own people. This week, Father David Dix, the CDC has had nobody has reported on this. Yeah, this is like this is the biggest news. And you're watching the rundown. You're one of the several hundred people watching the rundown right now, live, or the thousands of people are going to watch this afterwards. This is the first time you're going to hear that the CDC tacitly admits, Father Dave Nix, the coronavirus is really just the flu. Yeah. So. I remember last year watching all of this, and I saw some stats in San Diego County. I think normally they have ten to 20,000 deaths a year due to the flu. This tanked to something like 500 to 700. Yeah. And anybody can Google a bunch of these stats that have totally tanked that basically flu deaths have been subsumed into what we would putatively call COVID deaths, right? Um, so we all kind of had this sense that yeah. flu deaths were being subsumed into the numbers of COVID deaths. Well, CDC came out with this this week. And I'm on a group text with two guys who go to the Fraternity St. Peter Parish out west. And they texted to this link. Maybe you can include it in the show notes or a comment later. Sure. And this is the quote. This is the money quote from this. And this is directly from the CDC. Quote, CDC encourages laboratories to consider adoption of a multiplexed method that can facilitate detection and differentiation of SARS-CoV-2 and influenza viruses. End quote. Now, that doesn't seem too interesting, but when you pause and parse that out, what that is now admitting is that none of the tests up this, to this point have been differentiating between flu, the flu yeah. and any of the COVID stuff. None of the tests up to this point have been doing that because they're suggesting it. Okay. So, okay. So, can we unpack this, Steve Cunningham? We know that a typical flu season will will take the lives of somewhere between 30 and 90,000 people a year, depending on... Uh, depending on the variant of the seasonal flu that happens. Now, they're telling us 
that 500,000 people in the United States have died of COVID. But we also know that if you get if you die in a car accident and then your your dead corpse tested positive, that that was counted as a COVID death. If you robbed a bank and the police showed up and shot you dead and you died right there in the bank in the middle of the crime and then they tested your body and it was positive for COVID, that that counted as a COVID death. COVID death, yeah, COVID death. So the question, Steve Cunningham, is this is actually something that Kennedy Hall has raised. Is coronavirus even real? Like, is it even an actual thing? Does it is it a real pathogen, or are we just talking about the flu? So yeah, no, there's like seven, I think, of the coronaviruses out there. Uh, yeah, it's it's the common cold. You look at a bottle of Lysol, you'll see coronavirus on the back of a bottle of Lysol. Uh, it's a real thing. It's just data function. I mean, that's a real thing too. Also, the CDC back in was it July, I don't know if anybody remember, they brought up about uh, 6% of all the deaths were actually due to the Rona. That's uh, 6%. So take that 500,000 and do 6%. And they came out with the study, 2.6 or 2.7 comorbidities were included with everyone else. Example, uh, my mother-in-law mentioned a neighbor of hers just died this past week, and she texted every, every, all their siblings or their kids and said, dot, 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 she had the Rona. She was also 750 pounds. Okay, I may be exaggerating. She was very morbid. <laughs> she was a fat person. She had many problems, along with heart problems, uh, lung problems, cancer, and something else. All her mom did was say, died of the Rona. Just like everyone else, died of the Rona. You could be 7,000 pounds and no one's looking at it saying, oh, you might be out of shape. You might want to get on a treadmill. Maybe it'll work out. They want to <laughs> so eat true. right. Anything like this. No, you automatically died of the killer Rona that comes out behind trees. Yeah. Or as uh, what's her face, Green, uh, Representative Green does, she was mocking Pelosi. She goes, hey, if you go past this red rope, opens the rope. You can take your mask off because the Rona can't get past the rope. That's right. So there's literally video of that. So, yeah, I mean, just virus. it's the fear tactics that you see. Just like I'm reading, there's the book that uh, all, uh, Fear uh, that this one lady from UK put in together. And he, she talks about this one guy. She interviews this uh, cop of 60 years old, said that he was he ran through walls. He's been through, you know, leading troops, leading, uh, mm-hmm. leading our cops into a, a drug bust. Been shot at, shot at people, things like this. And at one point, he was scared to walk outside. He burnt his shoes once because he went to the doctors and came back and didn't want to contaminate the house by walking inside the house. There's people that have brains. Uh, a friend of mine that goes to the, the parish down the street from us, she said her her brother is a just a genius of genius guy. They like saw the food or the mail that comes in the mail, puts it under a rock and lets it sit on a rock for three days until the Rona dies or something, whatever. I don't know what magical heebie-jeebie nonsense that goes on, kind of like the Indian rain dance with the muzzles, and then takes the, the takes the mail in. These are smart people. But this thing has made a lot of people completely stupid. No one thinks about, hey, maybe that guy was 600 pounds. Maybe that was the reason his heart exploded. Maybe if he didn't eat 6,000 Twinkies every hour, he might have lived. Instead, no, the sniffles got people. Yes, the Rona's a real thing. Yes, it can make some people up. If you're in shape 
have a good lifestyle, eat right. As they say, vitamin D, you get outside. That's how you get vitamin D. It's very easy to get. Yet there's a vitamin D deficiency. Why? Because we're all playing on our Twitter, playing video games. We're watching TV 16,000 hours a day. No one's getting outside and playing. So you have a vitamin D deficiency. You get hit with a cold, it gets, it gets a little bit worse. There's a lot of natural things that can be done about this. That's why they kept you inside. They had you scared. Oh, we can't go outside, can't go to the beach. How insane is that? And again, it goes back to the people that should have been, that was the, the whole uh, apparition. The people that should have been preaching and should have been calling out remained silent. I think it was a good success. Somebody didn't get out and say, hey, guys, a uh, question uh, from the guy in the back of, that's dumb. <laughs> Just get outside. We're opening the doors. You know, and that's that's my that's my thing. I mean, if we go back to what Ryan talked about, the hanging thing. Here's a good one for you. Charles Carroll Carrollton. No one really knows him. He was the only Catholic signer of the Declaration of Independence. Wasn't allowed to run for, uh, to have office because he was Catholic. Oh, you know, the health religious liberty guys over in the USSA back in Maryland. Wasn't named after Our Lady, by the way. Was not named after Our Lady. There was a bill that went through the, the Maryland State House. They didn't like it. It was a pretty bad bill. He takes a coffin, leads a group, a mob, to the, to the governor's mansion, hangs the coffin from a tree, and they proceed to shoot it for a half an hour and leave it in his front yard for him to see in the morning. The bill never got, the bill got rescinded the next day. Sometimes you need to put the fear of God into some of these guys that live near you. Mike and Dave, Father are just talking to each we, other over there. <laughs> no, 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 we're 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 talking we're talking about how brilliant you are, Steve, and how like you, it's almost like you need your own podcast, which is called Cloud Planet, amongst other things, on Census Fidelium on, on YouTube. And if you're watching this right now and you haven't subscribed to Census Fidelium, you need to. But um, I wanted to. I started Cloud Planet because no one else is talking about that stuff. We talk about it. We do. That's it. We do, but we don't talk about it with great regularity. And it is hard with five men to get everyone's voice heard equally and everyone to sort of weigh in on on the issues. Um, Brother Martin, I'm catching some heat in the live chat because I keep saying this is the I told you so show. We told you this was going to happen. We told you we're headed into the third lockdown. This isn't over. This is a communist takeover. Coronavirus will be with us until the Great Reset is complete. And people are like, well, where's your humility? Why are you telling us I told you so? So, Brother Martin, I want you to start off the segment with uh, the, the, the next topic with what do we do? This so what? This isn't just us gloating here. This is us telling you, reaffirming the credibility that we have as objective commentators who are looking at the world and saying it's crazy, it's gone off the rails, it's communist, they're doing this to us, and we told you so. We predicted accurately every step of the way, uh, including the Biden steal. We predicted all of that. We told you so, but what is the so what? Yeah, we certainly don't have uh, institutional credibility in the sense that we don't have an, an office that's infallible or whatever. We don't have, you know a cute little purple zucchetto over our heads or anything that, you know, will convince anybody just to listen to us unless we're absolutely bonkers. Um, and so we do have to, in a sense, blow our own horns when it comes to what we've called and the fact that we were right because it shows consistency. It shows, yeah, it, it proves our credibility. I mean, it was just two episodes ago, two weeks ago that we were, 
we, we were all taking bets on how soon this lockdown would happen. It wasn't whether or not this lockdown would happen. It was when, you know, and everybody else, they, they didn't believe it. Um, and so here we are. It's happening. And I, we, I don't know if anybody actually took notes of, of what we were guessing. I'm, uh, I'm going to change to August now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the so what? The so what? Well, so here's, what? A, here's a good one for humility. Is it prideful to say, if I was Michael Jordan, to say, I'm the best ball player in no, the it's NBA? No, it's not. It's not because no, it's true. Because humility is it's living true. in accordance with reality. Humility exactly. is yes. living in accordance with the truth. If you are a good, if, a, if you're good if at something, and you say you're good at something, and it's true, then that's still yeah. humility. The problem with these with these fake Catholics and these post tras and the Novus Ordites is that they think that humility means lying. They think that humility means to hide your gifts that God gave you. If God gave you a gift, He gave you a gift, and you acknowledge the gift. You don't overemphasize mm-hmm. it. You just say what it is. For example, I have the gift of hosting this show and keeping all these cats. Wrangled up, and it's hard, Ryan Grant. Sometimes, you no, know, Mike. You did last week. You disappeared, and we had no idea what to do. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's no, I was just teasing him. Dude, about. I wish he was. He was. He was. He was. Um, so, say something real quick? I please, wish we were dead do. wrong. You know, in, I mean, in some sense, you guys were right, but in another sense, really, anybody who's read one single book on communism. <laughs> Yeah, no, we're not prophets. We're not yeah, smart. Yeah, I mean, I think people... <laughs> right? No, if you, that's the thing. I get called that, too, and it's like, no, if, if you've just read a single book on communism, this is straight from the book, How We've Lost Our Rights Over the Past Year. Steve would say over the past 150 years, but mm. especially over the past year. It's right out of the communist books. It's so clear. Yeah. No, it's true. It's, it's true. true. It's like, uh, so, yeah, to answer your question, Steve, no, it's not, it's not prideful to say, hey... We told you that ACB would turn against us, and she did. We told you there would be a third lockdown. We're headed there. We told you coronavirus would never go away. It won't. We told you that Trump was going to start this jab program and that it would become mandatory and that there would be a social credit score and that your livelihood would be tied to it and that they want you in the cashless economy and they want you in the pod, living alone, learning to code, eating bugs. Uh, That's what they want. I will not eat the bugs. Here's your one. We said at the beginning of this. Event 201 said there'd be seven waves. People were asking, where's the third, where's the fourth? If you look, stop thinking of these United States. Go to Europe, they're already in their third or fourth, fifth lockdown, depending on where you're looking at. They're already in multiple lockdowns. We basically just been a continuous one. Everyone's kind of playing a little here, over here. Let's see what's going on. All right, really no, this will be like our second shutdown that's coming up. Over there, it's been three or four or five. They've already said we're in our third or fourth wave here. They're predicting seven by the end of 2022. That was that was just for the first couple of years. If you go look at all the stuff that we talked about beforehand, go watch that. No, it probably no one on the chat's probably watched Event 201 the entire thing. I watched it twice. Don't ask why. I, I just it's one of those things. It was I watched the beginning, and then about seven months later, I watched it again, going, "Holy cow! This yeah, this you're, you're seeing what's going on. Check it out." Look at Sparse, 205. I think it's 2025. <clears throat> Read these books. Read the Saints, too. Obviously, get one book. Like You see me put some photos up. I have four books. Usually a secular book, three, uh, one on the Saints, one on theology, one on church history, stuff like that. You can still be up to date and not be, how would you say, immersed looking on, like, uh, I don't know what, watching Fox eight hours a day. I don't do that. I literally look on Twitter 
probably about, let's see, 10, 15 minutes in the morning. I'll scan it throughout the day, just a couple minutes here and there. I'm playing with the kids mostly and doing other things, working, doing stuff around the house, et cetera. Whatever. I'm not online. It doesn't take up people saying I'm a genius. No, it's just being disciplined to figure out where you're going to look at and then getting off, have, knowing the where to look at, knowing who to look like, who not to look at, and making a rational decision from this. Usually it's not that hard to figure out. It's the people that are getting censored that you should be looking at. The top 12 that people that the DC is going after, call them the 12 misinformation, start with those. I'm sharing a lot of those guys. Look at Last America Vagabond. That guy has been censored from eight platforms. It's not because he likes cats that he's getting it. PayPal's kicked him off. Venmo's kicked him off. The only way you can get that guy a dollar is if you mail it to him anymore. Uh, Corbett's kicked off. Uh, what's his face? Uh, COVID-1984. Uh, Spiro. He's he's had like 16 different Twitter Twitter accounts. Check out those guys that are bounced, getting bounced around, and maybe and you'll be able to figure out that. I mean, this is we're trying to get you the knowledge so that more than four people can start talking about this. Yeah, and um, this lead, leads us to something practical, and I would really like to go around the horn on this. Uh, Father Dave Nix just released a podcast on the morality of forged paperwork, and I think there's there's some healthy room for debate on this particular topic, and this is a timely topic because. Guys like me are now being said, in the industry that I work in in my day job, the jab will be mandatory to work. In my reserve duties as an officer in the Marine Corps, the jab will be, quote-unquote, mandatory to work. So the question is, why not just forge the paperwork? Ryan Grant, you first. Ah, <laughs> you got to go to me. Um, <laughs> I have a hard time with accepting the idea that we can lie perfectly, completely, tell something that we know is false just because it, they don't have the right to the truth or these sorts of things. Now, we can play certain, you know, um, you know, mental reservations such as you go into a store, they say, are you vaccinated? Yeah. I had MMR. I had polio. So, yeah, I'm vaccinated. Uh, you didn't specify, did I get the COVID vaccine? And so I answered truthfully, as far as my mind is concerned, you know, and, and therefore there we go. Um, printing up a card that says COVID-19 vaccination and uh, filling it out and uh, passing that off as if I had that, just Thomistically, I don't see how we get there. Um, back in the early church, there, you know, in the time of Saint Cyprian, the the church in Carthage had lived fat and happy and no problems for fifty years or so, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you have Decius elected to the Imperial Purple, and he comes in and says, "Why are we losing over in Dura Europe, so up on the border between Iraq and Syria, to the Persians? Why, why are we losing to the barbarians on the Rhine?" Well, you know, I know it's because we Romans aren't worshiping the gods like we used to. So therefore, I'm going to put in a new law. And, and at the time, Decius probably had no concept of who Christians were, why they, this would affect them in any way, shape, or form. Once he did, of course, he enforced it ruthlessly. But, but before that, he probably had no idea anything about it. you got to worship the old gods. you got to worship Jupiter. 
and uh, that is Zeus, or you got to worship, uh, you know, Hera, and you got to worship all the different, you know, gods of antiquity, and you have to put your heart and soul into it and offer sacrifice to them and then get a certificate that you've done so. And if you don't, you're not a patriotic Roman. You don't really love your country. You're not really supporting the cause. You're not supporting the troops, as it were. And so Christians are really put to it because they said, well, we can't do that. But if you don't, you're going to be put to death. And we've got property and possessions and kids. Well, we can't be expected to give this up. So there were people who compromised. And they went and they got what uh, in, in the Latin of that time we call illibatici. They were called certificators, as it were, because they would get an illibaticum, a certificate that they had worshipped uh, the God. They, but they hadn't, but they would pay you know, some official to say they had worshipped Jupiter in their presence when they hadn't. So it's perjury, essentially. And they were considered worse than the people who did get scared, bend the knee, pinched incense to the gods, and then came back. The people who perjured themselves by getting a false certificate saying they had done so when they hadn't, they were actually considered worse, illibatici. And, and St. Cyprian relates it um, in that time. And so and that's one of the things when you look at it. It's like I look at my own situation and I know I don't have a lot of time left. Uh, I run my own business. And for as long as I can take payments on the Internet and ship books out to you for that, um, I'm set. But once they come in saying, well, you can't get those Internet payments anymore unless you have the, the COVID vaccine, unless you upload your green pass or COVID pass, whatever it is they're going to call it doesn't matter. It's going to come to the point where I will not be able to get my, any of my payments unless I load up my vaccination status, which I'm not going to do. Because I don't have any, um, you know, since I was since about 1981, I think, um, when I got, I got the polio vaccine, you know, and I was about two years old. So there you go. It's like, um, uh, no, I'm not going to do that, actually. Thank you. And um, no, I'm not going to. So I've thought about this a lot. What am I going to do? We, we need to form relationships now, right now. It's not about just about growing your own garden because I rent my property. I don't own my property. So I've got to have some way to pay the landlords through the rental management company. And if they come down and say if the government comes down and says you can't make payments without your uh, rolling up your sleeve to get your pass and everything, I'm going to be in a world of hurt. And so I'm already working on that right now, networking with people, trying to figure out the ways in which we can all trade and you know pass goods around. Because when it all comes down, we're going to be in that situation like the Romans, Christian Romans in that second and third century where, oh, yeah, um, okay, uh, I'm going to die. I'm just going to die. Or, well, maybe there's a way out of this. I'll, I'll go pay the guy off. I'll pay the government official off and have him say I did this when I didn't. And then the other people who would just kind of just go and do it and then try to do penance later. You know, and so where you end up, I don't give any judgment for anybody where, where they're going to do. If you, you you judge for yourself, I have to do this because it's the most, you know, because otherwise I'm going to lose my job. That's none of my business, honestly. I'm not judging you. I'm not better than you because who knows, I'm, I might do worse. Um, but you have to do the very best you can possibly do. Yes. And that's that in any situation. Your conscience has to be clear. And that's the most important. Thing. And remember, we are going to go 
Everyone gets to talk. So we're going to go to Brother Martin. Brother Martin, you're next. You get to say... Uh, by the way, I don't know if you, brother, I don't know if you've listened to Father Dave's podcast about forged documents. So I'm I'm leading you blind into potentially disagreeing with him, <laughs> which I kind of want to see. I think I pretty much agree, agree with Ryan, to be honest, about mental reservations and about straight up lying. Uh, mental reservations, get away with what you can. Um, regarding the question, are you vaccinated? Well, sure, I've got I've received several vaccinations. Uh, as far as printing a card that specifically says COVID-19 and all that kind of stuff, obviously you're straight up lying. At a certain level, also, all this becomes legitimate persecution. Um, and that's precisely what makes us, well, the blood of martyrs is the seed of Christians. Um, and I think, to be honest, we're, we're all kind of afraid that it's going to be our blood that makes more Christians. We're always hoping it's somebody else's blood that makes more Christians. And we just get to enjoy the fruits of a Christian society because somebody else died to make more Christians and we just get to live in the happy economic society that comes about when you live a, a you know, flourishing Catholic culture. Um, but nonetheless, I, th I think, like I said earlier in the show, a hundred years ago, these things were real. Like if you were a Catholic, you got pulled out in the streets and executed. Um, and this, this trick is, is precisely to get us to apostatize. I know a lot of families who are business owners uh, you know, the husband's son, all that kind of stuff. And and I've heard their stories about how they don't get the opportunity to go on vacation, all that kind of stuff, that it's really, their job's really binding and very kind of somewhat oppressive on their family because they need to be there for their for their job because they're running a business, et cetera, et cetera. And so to lose everything over, over one little thing could seem extreme. Um, but nonetheless, it's, just, it's, a serious, it's a serious principle whether or not we're going to bow to a communistic government. We know the agenda behind everything, uh, we can all see that, uh, but then also the use of abortive fetal cells in this industry—it's—it's—it's it's, it's incredibly serious. I mean, we're killing babies just to just to produce a, a supposedly a medicine, and then we're we're justifying it just so we can go to work and, and make some money. I think we do need to accept that we're going to have to live a lot less comfortable lives, especially in the American lifestyle. We, we all love to be American. We all love the uh, the American dream mm -hmm. of hoping to see our kid kids more economically well off than, than we were giving them the things that we never had as kids, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the reality is the best thing you can give your kids is the Catholic faith. And the best thing you can do for them is help them get to heaven. These, these two things uh, take top priority. Um, nonetheless, I mean, furthermore, as, as a father of a family, you would impress upon your kids something greater if, if they saw you suffering for, for our Lord Jesus Christ um, then they would seeing the exact amount of your paycheck coming home to give them the proper nutrition mm -hmm. or the, the best books for their schools, et cetera, et cetera. Because at, at the end of the day, sure, if they know Latin, that's great. If, they're, if their mathematics ex excels so that they can become the world's best engineer, that's, that's also great. Um, but if they don't have what they need to get to heaven, which is, also includes uh, an example of fortitude, courage, prudence, et cetera, et cetera, um, they're not going to be prepared for to, to when they grow older to face these exact same things. Yeah. So personally, what I want to do in my position, um, obviously, I'm called to be an example. I'm called to lay down my life. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't take it whatsoever. In fact, I mean, I'd, I'd simply like a lamb led to a slaughter. I'd simply allow my hands to be handcuffed and just walk away and you never see me again. So that, that's personally, that's what I plan to do. Um, I know other people are in different situations, um, but 
that's 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 my that's my perspective. So, um, Doctor Marshall is in the chat right now, and two of you have already given the answer to the question, which we're going around the room and answering, and it's about forged documents. So, I think I think TM has missed most of your answer, Ryan, and some of your answer, Brother Martin. But in front of Doctor Marshall, Ryan, uh, Steve, you're going to have to answer the question about. Whether or not we as Catholics should be forging these documents in order to provide for our families, feed our children, continue on our legacy, support the Holy Mother Church, and uh, and continue to pass down our patrimony, or whether or not this is literally the hill to, uh, well, to die on. You're muted, Steve. We can't hear you, Steve. Unmute. Unmute, Steve, quickly. I hate that term, the hill of dialogue. Right at the beginning, everyone was upset about the the, uh, the muzzle. Ah, that's not the hill of dialogue. We ran out of hills. No one's wanting to die on anything anymore. Uh, yeah, we, we've been lied to. We've How many times I've said this? We've been lied to how many for what? This is the 500th day of 15 days of the Flanagan Curve. Uh, so we've been lied to for 500 days. I, I don't want to hear morality from people gaslighting us for 500 days. We've literally been lied to by everybody. I'm with Ryan on the, exactly what he said. Uh, I, yeah. Did you take the vaccine? There's a lady that lives right across from us. She she gives out the vaccine. I told my wife, she ever comes to that door and says, hey, have you, have you taken the vaccine? You say, yes. I've taken vaccines. I've taken the a vaccine. I've taken the vaccine. What vaccine? She didn't. They didn't, spe- they didn't specify. It was like I don't have any juice here. There are Jews over there, but there's no Jews here. You don't. You don't commit suicide over that. There's not. There's that's. There's no virtue in that part. No, it's it, for that part. You gotta get slick about. It. What was the readings from uh, last week or the week before? The children of uh, the world are more. Uh, uh, slick, basically, than the children of the light. We got to become little. We got to get a little slick on ourselves. We got to get creative, as we talked about the think locally, act locally. All right, we can't get it. We can't go to the grocery store. Farmers market, easy decision. Don't have a farmers market? Start one up. Uh, I bought. I made a. I made a podcast the other day. So have every church should have a farmers market going on right now. One, you could evangelize that area. You get that neighborhood tight. You're, you're going to be safe. You want to talk about the S word safe? Get that neighborhood Catholic. Wherever your church is, convert that neighborhood. So that you don't have to drive for an hour away and go, oh, we're in a bad neighborhood. But if you convert the neighborhood, you're all right. Have a, have a, have a uh, farmer's market there. Grow your own food. Yeah, there's a concept. Talk about health-wise. You, don't want, you want the poison processed food? Or you want to grow some of your own food? I say grow your own food. If you can't go to a farmer's market... Go to RestoreEden.com or whatever. They sell. I got a friend of mine down the street. He has blue blueberries, blackberries, raspberries. He can eat this uh, pineapple guava. It's got these leaves. It tastes like Jolly Ranchers. I ate everything in his backyard. Yeah, he's kind of, he's got things all over you the place. Me, you can have ducks out Steve, there. Steve, Steve, you're talking about raspberries. I'm talking about forged documents. Do you forge the documents, yes or no? Yeah, yeah, I'm getting to that. I already said that. Yeah, I, I, I forged the crap out of it because, yeah, it's... They, we've been getting lied to the whole time. Again, I would, we've mentioned this. 
there's no morality for people getting gaslighted. That's gaslighting everybody. Force the crap out of them. I'm going to ask. I got a guy up there in the dock that's going to be up. I'm going to. All right. So Steve says forge the docks. Ryan says no. I think brother says no. And be prepared to live in your car and suck it up. Um, I'll give my answer before yep. I give you yours. And I did listen. I listened to the second half of your podcast today, Father Dave. So I think uh, here's what I said. I think, look, when somebody asks you a direct question, the, the purpose of your tongue, of your mouth, is to render greater honor and glory to God. That's the purpose of speech. And so you're not permitted to say anything that is contrary to the truth, to the logos, to our Lord. Uh, if somebody says, have you received the COVID-1984 vaccine, you say no. When it comes to forging documents, however, when it, when it comes to providing uh, something that is written down on the page, I think there's legitimate room for debate. And, I, and honestly, I think if you're talking about feeding 10 kids or not feeding 10 kids, that there's potentially some room Father Dave Nix, and I'll let you uh, have the last word on this topic. Uh, there's there's potentially room for, I think, healthy debate. Absolutely. There seems to be some disagreement even among the saints. So let's start with Augustine and Aquinas. They're clear that not only can you not lie, you can't even deceive. And they give some examples from the early church right there. But then we, have, we do have some examples of some saints who did deceive, like St. Athanasius on the boat. You can listen to my podcast if you want to hear that one. Um, now, the Holy See did condemn mental reservations in the 1690s, your run-of-the-mill mental reservations. So we mm-hmm. have to bracket that as just not possible. And why is that? Because the end doesn't justify the means. You could go through your entire life with a mental reservation if you believe the end justifies the means. And when you believe the end justifies the means, you're moving into the moral heresy, moral theology heresy of consequentialism. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we, can't, we cannot have that. However, bracketing or not bracketing, realizing we cannot have consequentialism, this idea that the end justifies the means in not only lying but also deceit, we can realize there can be two weighing goods. And one of those is the requirement to keep a secret, and the other is the requirement to never lie. So obviously we could argue, well, God would never let me in a situation where I would have to pick between those two. As long as we say we're not going down the road of consequentialism, as long as we give, we accept what the Holy See says about not, you know, run-of-the-mill mental reservations in cases of life or death, you can weigh the two goods of keeping a secret mm. and and does the government have a right to know your health stuff? No. Um, versus the fact you can not only you must always refrain from also lying and deceiving. So with all this on the table, basically what I said is. You can prove that you can uh, forge documents for an unjust law when life or death is at stake. However, the moral high road is to refrain from doing this. And I give two quick reasons. One is I gave her a story from um, the Roman martyrology. A little girl was brought to incense to the gods. This kind of ties into what Ryan was saying. And they put a coal in her hand, and she was so afraid of dropping the coal yeah. that she let the coal burn through her hand so that she would refrain from looking, just looking like she had put any incense on this idol. And as you and I were talking about, Mike, on a few podcasts ago, if COVID is really a new world religion, do we want to do anything that even appears to be in that direction? Yeah. And, and Ryan mentioned, uh, I thought you said lobotomy, but it's, it's Libicelli, actually. Um, I have a blog post on Tuesday coming out about that. The second point on the moral front is this, um, and well, this is a very practical point, and then I'll close with this. 
The fact is we all know there's going to be a new jab every month. So what are you going to do? Once you jump through that first hoop of appeasement of your forged documents, are you going to jump through that hoop every single month? It's just going to be absolutely impractical. So my final argument is it's permitted to get forged documents, but the moral high road due to not wanting even looking like you're giving a nod in the direction of the COVID religion, as well as the fact you can't do this every single month for a new jab, for a new strain, for a new jab, for a new strain, my suggestion is no. I know Steve and Ryan both want to get one word in. I'll just say this. I think the ideal situation, I think the ideal situation that you could um, achieve uh, is to have, is to find a doctor who's willing to hand you an actual vial and walk out of the room. Did you take it? I took it. I took it from his hand. I took it. Maybe you squeezed it into the trash can. Maybe you lit it on fire. Whatever you did with it. I took it. Maybe you injected it into your arm. No, 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 not that one. No, that's that's definitely not. And this, this is a mute but, point. They're not but, it's all digital anyway. But, but there's a different Steve cut. You're not going to have a piece of paper. It's all going to be online. That's it's right. all going to be digitalized. You gotta you gotta find a hacker to pull any of this off down the road. I mean, that's what the green passes are. There's a Chinese so, thing. They yeah. got they're scanning everybody. What was it CGTV right. had was it eight thousand people were going through this checkpoint. They scanned them and checked their phone every time they went through a checkpoint. That stuff you can't get around unless you're just a hacker guru type right. deal. So really, I mean, it's, it's, no, but no, no, you're right because this, they they come in uh, they come in batches of ten in lot numbers, and you have to have the right lot number. So I think the, the the best way to do it is to take, and that's that's there's a difference between and Ryan Grant. I know you want to say something. There's lying and there's dissimulation and there's simulation, and those are three separate, totally separate things. Dissimulation is allowing someone to believe something with the words that you say, even though you mean something totally different. It's similar to mental reservation. If you if somebody comes up to you and says, do you have a Jew hiding here? And you're standing on your porch and, you know, the guy's there. You say, you say, here? No, I don't have one here. And you mean here the porch. He means here as in your whole property when you got one upstairs in the basement, in the closet, in the attic closet or something. Uh, Ryan, jump in. Brian, you're muted. Brian, you're muted. Brian, you're muted. So the difference between coming out and saying something to be true that you know to be false is a mental reservation. So it's basically combining Augustine and Aquinas on this point so that essentially uh, to take your World War II example, you know, so, you know, the, the Gestapo comes to the door. Do you have any Jews hiding here? No, I don't have any Jews hiding here. And by here, you mean the porch. Obviously, the Gestapo means your whole house, right? And so we could take that. But if you – this is one of my hangups because, I mean, on the one hand, I have no love for government. I'm basically functionally an anarchist. I basically say, you know, whatever government wants, I want the opposite, no matter what it is they're doing. Um, but in reality, I still can't lie to them uh, in a positive sense. In, in a negative sense, in terms of like making the mental reservations, I can do it. St. Alphonsus Liguori, for example, says if you're a priest and you're dragged into court to testify that you heard this guy say X, but it was in confession, 
you can legitimately say I forgot, even when you know perfectly well what this person told you in confession, because the state doesn't have a right to it, because you yourself cannot reveal what was given in your confession. St. Alphonsus says, yes, you can say I forgot, because as far as the state's concerned, you have, because you're not allowed to tell them. And so a similar thing, you know, happens you know, here. But can you take a document and say, yep, COVID-19, I mean, granted, they're going to take that ability out of your hands anyway, because it's all going to be digital. And there's going to be you'd have to be a super brilliant hacker in order to get around it. But can you print off cardstock on your printer and fill it all in and say, yep, COVID-19 vaccine. Yep, I got it. See right here. Um I don't think you can. I, I think that's positively saying something true or something false that is something as if it were true that you know in your own mind is false. And so I have a hard time seeing how you can do that. Um, on the other hand, like if you're starving, like if they bring in the things they want to bring in, which we know they're going to bring in, you're looking at third world, various countries right now where, oh, if uh, you don't have your, your vaccination status, if you don't have the jab, you can't buy food. The Philippines, even in Mexico, they're trying to push all this through. You can't get food unless you can show your, your jab status. So um, the, there's only one way to lock that down, and that's by shutting down all cash and shutting down the Internet and making it so you can't use the Internet without your jab status. So at that point where you can't get food otherwise, the moral theologians can teach in common that all goods become common. And so you, you, you have to take what you need at that point. Hopefully you can prevent that from getting there by making the relationships now while there is still cash, where you still have the chance to earn wealth that's not bound to the dollar that they'll get rid of. And they will. Six months to two years, there'll be no more cash. It's all going to be a cashless digital society, which you would need to be veritable angels to run without tyranny. That's just the nature of what it is. And with fallen humankind, you, you would have to have angels running the system in order for it to not devolve to tyranny. And that's exactly where it's going to go, is to pure tyranny when it's all done. So make those connections now. I don't think you can morally say, I have this COVID vaccine when in fact you don't have this COVID vaccine. Unless it was the case that you were going to starve yeah. without producing some document that you managed to produce that said you did when you didn't. Um, you know, outside of that kind of the, an absolute extreme necessity, I don't see how you can get away with saying yes when it's actually no. Copy. Don't worry about it too hard, ladies and gentlemen. They already know who has it right this minute. Yeah, they do. They they know who has, they know who doesn't. That's why they're going door to door. They know who don't, they're going, they're not going to people's doors to have That's it true. already. How do they know? They're on a database. How do they know right whose doors minute. to knock on? You're saying there's a they list. Know. They got a database. Right. right. They're not wasting their time on people that already got the jab. All right, so uh, we have to end the show. We're, we're, we're Father Dave Nix, two, two hours. hours. Two hours. Two hours. So we've had you for four what? hours. Oh, yeah, it's been yet. fun. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Um, we do two things, and, and uh, the first thing is we do the unpopular opinions. I'm going to explain the unpopular opinions again. I don't get it. I just don't get it. <laughs> I think that's my design. I think this, <laughs> this is so complicated. Why is it so complicated? 
It's you know why it's complicated because democracy is stupid. That's why it's it's complicated. No, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't understand your guys' definitions of this. Wait, is that your unpopular? <laughs> no, no, that's literally the design of the unpopular opinion is to unmask the absurdity that every single person should have a say in how things go. Most of y'all need to just somebody up. say mask. So here's how it goes. Don't call on me first. Uh, you say the unpopular opinion is a poll. It goes out on Twitter. Yeah. I think we just lost Ryan, but that's fine. He knows how this goes. It is a poll of the most unpo- objectively, objectively unpopular thing that you say. And you're supposed to vote for the thing that is the, objectively the most unpopular. You may agree with it. You may disagree with it. Among the it, general population or among the tribal amongst population? Amongst anyone. Amongst anyone. It may, actually, it may actually trigger you. It may embolden you. Get it. it could be either one. But the point is, no, Father, you do get it because it's the most unpopular, objectively speaking, it's the most unpopular opinion. And then you vote for the thing and you're like, wow, that is an unpopular opinion. You may actually be on the fringe and agree with it. You may disagree with it. I think Steve is going to give his unpopular opinion in his bird mask because Steve always goes first, except for last week when I had to step out to take a work phone call. I mean, people vote for what they think is most unpopular? For what what they they think. No, no, for what they think is most unpopular. For what they think is most unpopular. People are asking me two questions, if I'm wearing shorts or not, (laughs) and if why I'm wearing a sweater in July. When you're in the Northeast and it's 48 degrees outside, you wear a sweater. Even in July. I'm and am I wearing shorts? Too. No, I never wear shorts unless I'm running marathons, which I showed you the video like two weeks ago of me running a marathon. Yes, I wear shorts to run a marathon. Steve, uh, you, you go first. Go. Shorts. You know this. Uh, there's nothing wrong with Divine Mercy. <laughs> what did you say? I win! <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even hear it. You know what? what? what I was it? distracted. I was reading Marshall's comment, and I didn't hear what you Marshall said. Marshall says, I vote for the opinion I like. See? Marshall doesn't care about the rules. He's a rule breaker. No, your rules don't make sense. I'm just sorry. Can you say, what you, can you say it again, Steve? Please. Uh... I said, just because everyone likes doing it right, uh, there's nothing wrong with the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! Ooh, I pray it. Do you really? I wanted to win. Like I want to win. It used to be every day. Now it's like <laughs> once a month or twice a month. But it's like, <sighs> guys, yes, we're gonna have a bonus segment just for the Patreons after we wrap on YouTube, and we're talking about the chaplet. Can I back up his unpopular opinion? <laughs> among, among trads. <laughs> I realize uh, I probably just lost some of my own listeners. I think this. I think Father Nix texted me that one time. Goes, Steve, if you want to win, say that. So I'm using it against. I said that, but I'm with you. It's it's unpopular among trads. I think I say the Luminous Mysteries once a year. What? Once a year? Why? Mm. Is that is that when you're con celebrating once a year too? I can celebrate the the Luminous Mysteries. (laughs) We're burning your card now. I'm saying the Luminous Mysteries while I'm celebrating. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. He plays on Eagles. Oh my gosh. Okay, brother, brother Martin, uh, unpop. Unpop. There are quite a few priests listening to us, so I'll I'll throw this out there. In order to preserve tradition, obviously, tradition is more than the traditional Latin Mass. You've said this millions of times. Rock mix. Priests need to start. Praying the pre-55 Divino Aflatu breviary and stop praying the Liturgy of the Minutes. That's my unpop. 
I'm quick and to the point, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Ryan Grant. <laughs> this could be stiff competition this week, Ryan. I hope you prepared. This could be. I won only one time, I think. And the, the, the takes that I have that are really spicy and that are really complicated and that really, that trads and our general audience usually hate, I still don't win. Because Brother Martin says something and then all of a sudden he wins. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, between my takes on, uh, you know, practically nudism as far as my, my views on breastfeeding, or other things, you know, somehow I didn't win those. And my view in Quo Primum, where I say, no, Quo Primum is not infallible. It's just a legal document. And it has absolutely no assistance to you. I still didn't win. I still didn't win. And that's the most unpopular opinion amongst trads. So, so what am I going to do? So basically, uh, I'm going to lay it out kind of this way, is that uh, you have to be prepared to suffer. You have to be prepared to suffer. I can't go on vacation. I can't go to such and such a place because I'm not going to get the, va- the 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 jab and I'm not going to get tested. And that's the other thing, you know, choose your hill to die on. I've chosen mine, which is testing. I refuse to get tested. I've never been tested for for COVID whatever COVID's supposed to be. Never been tested, refuse to be tested. If they refuse medical service to you because mm-hmm. you won't get tested, well, whatever. I lose a finger or I lose or, you know, I have my chiropractor on because uh, he also is a licensed uh, doctor because he used to be an MD and but he's a chiropractor now. But I have him on a you know cash subscription. So if a bone is broken or whatever, he'll set it. But if it's the type of emergency car accident where I lost a finger or I'm going to you know, I got a compound fracture or whatever else, I'm not going to go to the hospital. Sorry, guys, uh, I'd rather die than be in your hands because you're going to insist that I get this test, which is going to put me in the system, which is going to make me a case in your ever-revolving cases to get more money from the government for whatever COVID stuff. It's like, you know what? I'd rather die, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I'm not that attached to my life, and I'm not that, you know, so much that I got to get you guys to help me, if you're going to whine that much about doing your job, how horrible these people are here in the hospital. Well, you know what? Fine. I don't care. I'll die. I, I got better things to do than deal with you guys. So, I mean, my animosity t- to the medical system is already at such a level. But you guys got to go make it worse. So, fine. I'm going to ratchet it up on my level. You say you don't want to treat me for having COVID. I'm going to say I don't want to be treated. Be prepared to die in a ditch somewhere rather than go to the industrial medical complex, which just wants to take it out of you more and force all this garbage into you. I'm going to say, no, you guys have it your way. Uh, That's fine with me. I don't want to be treated. You know, so you're going to cancel me from your medical care from not getting vaxxed. I'm going to cancel you before you can do it. I don't want your care. Forget it. I'd rather die. So that's my unpopular opinion. Be prepared to suffer and die in order to stay away from the industrial medical complex. All right. Uh, and just as a, just as an homage, because we have a celebrity in the chat.
Okay, Father Dave Diggs, you gotta give, you gotta give your unpopular. Now, uh, Taylor gave his unpopular already, and I think we should put it on Twitter too. Oh, yeah. His unpopular opinion is: vote for the one you like. Who cares about the rules? Yeah, this has confused me even more. So I'll just say uh, I like the forty-five Holy Week more than the fifty-five. Why? Uh, it's better. I mean, see, I don't understand your guys' game. I'm just putting an opinion out there. I have. Oh, okay. But I, I don't think that's going to be unpopular. <laughs> no, yeah, trends. I think you're going to win. I don't, you're not going to win at all. Uh, okay, my phone is full of praise and worship for when I run. Okay, now you're getting close. <laughs> I'm getting close. I feel like you're getting close. There we go. There's okay, something. I got Protestant praise and worship. Oh, my God. I think, I think, and God, I think the 45 million is better. Shot. Is there any other priest you can think of in the nation? Who would say that online? Who, <laughs> No, you I don't admit think so. that publicly. No, I, no. I think that's pretty good. So we have to have a whole poll of just Father Dave Nix's unpops because he, he got the forty-five. He likes the luminous. He likes divine no, I didn't mercy. Say I like the luminous. I, you I, said you prayed it. I felt like once I heard that a year. Why? I mean, the goal is is fifteen a day, right? We got to do the grifter segment. Uh, <laughs> grifter segment. Ryan, you are up always first with the grifter segment, and I've got your book ready to go. I am. So I gave you a pick earlier. If you could put that up um, so that people can see it. There we go. So The Ascent of the Mind of God by the Ladder of Created Things. So that is a, a special spiritual treatise of St. Robert Bellarmine, um, which... Uh, he wrote, I'm going to put this up. So here's the original from whence it all is going to come. 1627 book, one of these little tiny books that are just actually wonderful to read. And uh, so he gives 15 steps, that is, gratus in Latin, um, you know, where uh, of a ladder whereby you get unto Almighty God. Whoops, I'm getting away from my webcam. There we go. So it's 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 a wonderful mystical aesthetical treatise. It's better than almost all his other ones, except for De Gemitu Columbi, which has never been translated on the side of the dove. Which also, actually, I'm about halfway through on that one too. So this one is in the editing phase. It's in the uh, we're still we're still working on pushing this one through. So hopefully in August it goes out with that cover that you see there. Um, you know, which is again fantastic cover. That's what comes from having done manuscript research and having been familiar with medieval manuscripts. You're like, oh yeah, what what's going to be the idea for this book? Oh, I know, and I just pull it out. You know, like, oh yeah, I know which manuscript to go to, and then then then, then comes the cover. So, um, it, it's a great book, though. You you can't go wrong with the spiritual wisdom of it. Uh, Saint Robert Bellarmine, he, he was a cardinal. He never wanted to be a cardinal. He never wanted anything to do with any any higher office in the church. So, um, so anyway, he ends up, uh, you know, writing all these great spiritual treatises. Mm-hmm. And then beside that, he also has his theological treatises. So I'm going to put up again um, uh, St. Robert Elliman's Controversies on the Sacraments, which I put out a few months ago um, on the sacraments in general on baptism and also confirmation, a lot of great reputation of the Protestant teachings and so many things. So that that's available. I've got it in stock. Uh, you don't have to have any weight on that. And it's just, it's just a fantastic book. If you want to know any issues with, um, you know, the, the idea, the notion of Ryan, the sacraments into Ryan, books. Uh, do- yes. Dr. Marshall wants to know if Cardinal Farrell is going to write uh, some kind of endorsement for your book, bo- your books. <laughs> um, 
Mr. Baron? I don't know if I have. Um, all right. Oh man, I'm gonna get into so much trouble. There's, there's no. <laughs> I just, it's a, it's an honest if, question. Uh, I mean, you don't have to over. I'm sure Cardinal Farrell would be happy to to write a forward, but um, Brian, we're oh, too we toxic, masculine, and straight over here. So I don't see Cardinal Farrell being willing to do that. Right. You don't have to dissimulate with the RTF audience. The RTF <laughs> audience is cued in. All right. You can just speak your mind. Um, Steve, you never have anything to grift. Do you have anything? Oh, I got this, this from Ireland today. Some fr- some fans sent this in from Ireland. This is great. Uh, Are you grifting Mike our and I talked face? about the holy face. Do what? Are you grifting the holy face? Yeah, get get the image in your house. I don't care how you get it. Uh, get it somehow. They they framed it for me. Uh, it's a beautiful thing, background. And then I'm not selling it, but uh, I'm just saying, get the holy face. It's the only image, only apparition that talked about communism, that uh, used the word communism. I think uh, it's the only. Yeah, promote the I think uh, it's the, the only uh, example of where Lord says communism. And Sister Mary de Saint-Pierre, uh, she was a contemporary of, of uh, Karl Marx. She was. She had no idea what communism was. She never heard the word, and she wrote that that was the devotion to defeat communism. The holy man of Taurus had more miracles than Saint Vincent Ferrer. Through the image, yeah, we've got to get we got to get more on that. No brother, the holy man of Taurus, but you know, but brother Martin, you're the you're the king of grift right now. You're the <laughs> six figure grifter. Well, that's only due to everyone's generosity that's been watching the rundown because this is one of the only places I've ever grifted our, our needs for a monastery. Uh, I, I broadcasted our plea for help, and you guys totally responded. I'm, I'm really, I'm baffled. I'm but so according to what commentator, he wants all this glorious robes, supposedly. <laughs> so uh, thank you guys so much. Our this past week, our my grifting in that sense, that campaign has ended. We went 12 weeks, two weeks past our our 10 week campaign, and we collected nearly. $162,000 to help us buy a monastery. So thank you guys so much. As you can probably tell, this this rundown, I, I've, I've blurred the back of my screen only because it looks kind of ugly because I'm packing. I've got moving boxes here. My shelves are empty. My books are in, are in boxes now because hopefully within the next week, two weeks-ish, I'll be able to make a, a pretty exciting announcement about where we are, what we're doing, et cetera, uh, regarding everything that you guys have given us. So thank you guys so much for, for all of your help. If I can... Um, I'm posting a link right now in the live chat to our website, to our to our giving website, where you can uh, continue to help us out with with monthly donations. You can uh, help us out via PayPal or Stripe and, and set up a, a monthly recurring payment to help us uh, pay for our living expenses, also education, uh, Father John's health expenses, uh, insurance, all that kind of stuff. All, you know the basic needs of life. Um, but little donations that e- each month that are consistent really help us uh, move forward. And and free us, and they free us to be able to to allow us to do apostolate, um, because wherever is, we're moving, uh, we're hitting the ground running, and we're gonna go convert the city. So if we can if we can do that without having to to worry too much about our monthly expenses and and you know keeping keeping the lights on, et cetera, um, you guys would tremendously help out our our work of, of preserving the traditional Catholic faith. So thank you guys so much again for 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 helping us out and and, and buying a monastery. Amazing. I want to say just a quick word about the Holy Face Devotion because it's been a while since I've talked about it, and I do plan. I was supposed to come on Meaning of Catholic, and then he bumped me to October, and we're supposed to talk about uh, the Golden Arrow. I'm gonna hold. It. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna full screen you, Steve. Hold that. Hold that up. 
I want people to understand that the magnificence of the human face communicates the image and likeness of God, and that that is precisely why the rundown was opposed to the mask mandates. That was why we knew that this was demonic inversion of reality, because they want you to hide the magnificence of the human face, which communicates the innermost desires uh, and the humanness of the human person. So it is absolutely diabolical. It is demonic for them to want you to wear a Fauci diaper on your face. That was the first thing that we all noticed on the rundown here for why we knew that this was a communist takeover. And Steve, I don't know how you can read through that gas mask, uh, but the holy face of our Lord, the holy face, the devotion of the holy face tells us that if you have and promote the devotion of the holy face of our Lord, that when you die... You will not present your face, which is poxed by sin, to our Lord. You will, you will, in fact, our Lord will replace your face with his face, and he will present his imminently pleasing face to God the Father at your particular judgment. That's a pretty powerful thing. I don't want him looking at my face. I mean, I think I have a face for you two, but I certainly don't have a face for heaven. And I want to, to present a face for eternity. Father Dave Nix, uh, Padre Peregrino, you are the man, the myth, the legend. What are you grifting today? <clears throat> Nothing. Um, I just want to thank my donors. People have been really generous with my way of life. I think you put the uh, podcast in the um, or my website in the show notes there. But um, mm-hmm. no, a lot of people, even people I see in the live chat here, have been really generous with my way of life. So I'm doing fine. I don't think there's anything to ask for right now. Thank you, though. Thanks for. Pushing me. Amazing. All right, this is the rundown. Thank you for watching. Mm